Welcome to another episode of Channel Chat. I'm your host, Pam Frutwell, and today with me, I'm excited to have Mr. Matt Bennett back on the podcast with us for another grain marketing discussion. Now, today we're going to be talking about the September crop production report from the USDA. Matt, just kind of give us some insights after you've reviewed this report. What do you think? You know, the September report, typically, it can be a real game changer because in August, whenever the USDA looks at the corn crop, they don't actually take ears and, and see how heavy they are, count kernels, if you will. So the September report it usually is a little more refined, not to mention we can't get away from the fact that this crop is so much farther along than uh, a typical September report might suggest. And so most people felt like the USDA would have a pretty darn good handle on what the corn crop especially would be looking like. The interesting thing about the report today is that uh, the trade completely got it wrong as far as corn was concerned. The average trade guess, uh, according to Reuters, uh, from folks like myself who, who submit, in essence, their guesses as to what the USDA will come up with, was 177.8 bushels per acre, whereas the USDA came out with 181.3. Coming out with 181.3 boosted the crop production in, in totality to 14.827 billion bushels, which you know, is around 250 million bushels bigger than the August report. And so, you know, where does all this corn come from? Uh, you know, you look at this as compared to last month, and uh, states like Illinois were forecasted to have a 207 bushel yield in, in the month of August, according to the USDA, whereas the September report actually came out with a yield for Illinois of 214 bushel an acre, Iowa up at 206 bushel per acre, Indiana at 192. So, you know, as far as this report's concerned, from a production standpoint, whenever we look at it, as far as corn is concerned, the trade got it drastically wrong. Now, the soybean situation is different. The average trade guess was 52.2, which was an increase of uh, 0.6 bushels from the August estimate of 51.6, but the trade ended up at 52.8. So the trade, uh, the average guess was low. Uh, it wasn't near as low as what we saw, uh, I guess, with corn. And so, yes, this is a big bean crop. Most people have thought that it was going to be an awfully large bean crop, but a 52.8, uh, essentially, it's definitely a bearish number, and that gives you a total production of 4.693 billion bushels, which is an increase of a little more than 100 million bushels from last month. So, you know, those are the main numbers we're looking at it from a, uh, from a production standpoint. Let's go to the beans just for a second, because you were talking about the different trade guesses on the corn and the beans, but yet the markets really didn't react the way that we thought that they would. I mean, they closed higher for the day. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, whenever we look at the way the markets close, Corn had a different type of day than the bean market. Corn closed down, whereas, as you suggested, beans closed higher. And so uh, November bean futures closed eight and a quarter higher at 840. Whenever we look at some of the numbers they threw in, it's not not only the production, but shoot, Pam, whenever you look at the uh, ending stocks for September, 845 million bushels is what we came up with, which, you know, that's uh, 60 million bushels more than last year month in the month of August, and it's definitely higher than what the average trade guess was. And so, you know, why did we settle higher today? I mean, the interesting thing about the market today is that uh, it certainly was a bearish report. 
Uh, and then we found out early on in the trading session that uh, the United States is actually sending an invitation to the Chinese trade delegation to sit down and talk about our tariff situation, which obviously is most heavily impacted uh, whenever we look at the United States with soybeans. And so the farmer I, actually probably taking the brunt of this trade situation quite heavily and uh, definitely a very interesting uh, bit of information for the trade and, and was certainly met with a fair amount of uh, speculative buying. So do you think that that was the reason for the higher prices? Was that U.S. going to China and, and talking about uh, their export to China of soybeans? I think it would be pretty tough to argue otherwise. Uh, whenever I look at the production, you know, we were certainly at the high end of the range on uh, average trade guesses for not only production but, uh, you know, yield. Uh, whenever we look at ending stocks, we were at the higher than the average trade guesses. Well, you, whenever you look at world stocks, you know, world stocks for uh, the September report came in at 108.3 million metric tons, which was an increase of uh, over 2 million metric tons from last month and higher than the average trade guess. So there really wasn't anything in this report that I could even call neutral, uh, let alone bullish. Uh, it's certainly a bearish report. So a person has to look at uh, this market from a little bit different lens. And I think one thing, uh, the only thing that I can really put my finger on would be this uh, situation we have with the U.S. and China's trade spat, which, as we all know, is, is definitely had an adverse effect on the market. So what are some of the biggest takeaways that, that the guys need to be thinking about when it comes to their marketing for this year and into next? Right, and that's a, that's a great question because we're right here at the start of harvest. A lot of producers held on to a fair amount of old crop stocks going into harvest simply because we've been in a situation where the markets have not rewarded us with any sort of a late season rally. A lot of that had to do with the weather that we talked about uh, previously, basically being conducive to big crops. The other thing is the basis has definitely deteriorated. And so with basis being in a tough spot, essentially, not only have we had a little bit of a challenge from the futures perspective, but cash grain is has simply not been anything anybody wanted to own too much because there's so much of it out there. And what's a producer do with a report like this? I want to tell most producers, um, I know that this has been a year where you've had opportunities to sell. Not all of us have gotten enough sold. I certainly understand that. But if you have storage on the farm, I do think there's a story, especially in this corn market later on in the calendar year. I would store every bushel of corn I possibly can on the farm at home. Whenever I look at not only the U.S., but the world situation as far as ending stocks go, we can't lose sight of the fact that we're dropping ending stocks in the U.S., even with a record large crop. We're dropping ending stocks, almost 250 million bushels, from this September 1st to the next September 1st. And so that's a significant drawdown in stocks. Whenever I look at it from a world perspective, the drawdown in stocks is, is also significant. You're looking at the world stocks of corn essentially dropping uh, about 75 million metric ton year on year. And so that's just an enormous uh, amount of a drawdown in stocks. So later in the year, uh, basis should improve. Uh, you might be able to find people hunting for corn a little bit more than what they are today. Uh, a producer who puts that corn in the bin is most likely going to be rewarded. The carry in the market, which would be the difference in price, you know, for instance, December corn uh, settled today at 352 and a half. Uh, July corn is at 379. That's a 26 and a half cent carry. So whenever I talk about carry in the market, that carry in the market suggesting the thing to do is just hold on to that grain. The problem you run into is when you run out of on-farm storage, 
commercial storage is going to eat up a good chunk of that carry in the market, if not all of it. And it makes it uh, to where a producer has got a little more tricky situation if they don't have on-farm storage for these excess bushels. Absolutely. Well, that's a good point as far as the corn and the demand out there. Uh, Matt, thanks again for joining us on our podcast today. It's always exciting, really informative to hear your insight on grain marketing topics. Now, if you found our discussion helpful today, make sure that you sign up for Matt's weekly grain marketing emails on channel.com slash email. And to learn more about this podcast and the upcoming episodes, go to channelpodcasting.com. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or even SoundCloud so you never miss an episode. Thanks, everyone.